Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Before you can have a property settlement, you need to go through the valuation process. In this episode, we're going to talk about the way to move forward to get things valued, uh, who to talk to to get a, get valuations done, and what the process is, what the process involves, and some of those questions that you might have in your head right now about valuations. Hi, mum. <laughs> you have to have, hello, everyone. You've got to have a value. It sounds funny to have a valuation, but, but you can't divide the property till you know what the property's worth. Yeah. Okay. And so some things you'll agree on, but sometimes you have to go to these valuers to get mm. the, a, an official or, or a formal, um, expert opinion on what things are worth. Now, before we go into the different types, like getting your stuff valued, your house valued, mm. super valued, or your business valued, let's just talk about the the process of deciding on who is going to do the valuing. Yeah. How do you decide that? That's a good point, Laura. So unless you're very friendly with each other, um, the usual process is one person nominates three sorts of value, three valuers. So say it's... Um, to value a house, are like might be valuers who do valuations for banks, like the this Heron Todd White, and and there's a couple of other companies that do it for the banks, or it might be that you're happy to get a real estate agent's appraisal, three of those. But whatever it is, the normal process is you send a list of three, and the other person chooses one, and that makes sure that 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 person that's been selected is independent, um, and you both agree really that you will accept their value. So you shouldn't get a friend to do it or somebody's mate who knows such and such, no? Okay. The minute we get a valuation proposal in and my client goes, but that's her cousin. Okay. <laughs> well, that's, that's a red cousin. Yeah, um, don't do that person. Yeah, don't do that because, you know, how, how will they ever accept that value if they are suspicious of the person who did it? So you need to do it nice and clear and clean and fair. Okay. Where do you find valuers? So, like, I I know you're saying the bank ones, but where do you find, do you go to, like, a second-hand shop, cash You just Google Google it. it. Yeah. Okay. So, so like, are we talking about specific ones now? Yeah, so if you want someone to come and value the car or if you want someone to come and value all your jewellery or I don't know. Yeah, okay. Is there someone that just does everything? No, I wish, I wish, Laura, we could just have one witness witness (laughs) in a trial. Your Honour, this gentleman has valued the house, the car, the artworks, the jewellery, the boat, the caravan and the timeshare at um, Hamilton Island. (laughs) Uh, But no. Okay. So, so there's, there's one group of people who are experts at valuing real estate. But if it's commercial real estate, it might be a different sort of valuers or agent. Mm-hmm. With cars, you know what? With cars, the court's accepting red book valuations now. So you can do them online and, um, okay. and you usually agree with each other on those. For, for stuff, <laughs> you get mm-hmm. like a, auction houses or there's some some people who do appraisals the one we use a lot is all assets appraisal i think they're all over australia they're pretty good they'll value anything 
Okay. And you tell them that you heard about us on the Divorce Course podcast. Please do. Because they'll get all the phone calls. No shaky head. <laughs> They're going to get a lot of phone calls all of a yep. sudden because every time yep. we mention anyone, they get <laughs> a lot of oh, calls. Oh, dear. Yes. Good one, Mum. Oh, well. But they're, they're good. Yeah, so you get these people, just Google it, I guess. That's the great part of Google. Um, yep. You go and find a valuer for whatever it is that you're getting valued. Send three to your ex and then they choose one. When you send that three, those three people or companies to your ex, be sure that you haven't then given all your power away to keep the momentum going. So what you do in that letter is say, if you don't choose one within seven days, I'll choose one and we'll move forward. Right. Yeah. Okay. There's a great one for the avoidant or the manipulative and controlling. Thanks for and that. They can't complain. They had a chance. No. So you get those things valued, uh, but how do you know, well, like what's the average cost of a valuer? Is yeah. that... Yeah, so valuing valuing, um, real estate can be quite expensive. So ask them, ask them what their costs are. And you would take that into account when you're compiling your list of people, okay, Okay. to send to the other side. You might even say the three that I nominate as a panel to value our house is this company, their phone number's this and their costs are about that. This company phone number costs. So you've got to do some research you know and so it might be like 490 $500 for each property uh it could be a thousand dollars for each property so you need to know so you've figured that out you've got the cost you've got them to agree on one you've booked them in yeah if it's a house stuff they're coming to value your you know golf clubs and Furniture and stuff. Um, table. Do, do they just come into your house? Like, how does that work? Or do yeah. you send them photos? No, no. So they'll um, they come into your house. You set up a time for inspection, and uh, if they're valuing the things in your place, and you're not at the house that they're valuing, they'll still come to your place, and they go from room to room. It gives you the heebie-jeebies, Holy and they man. write out this massive list. So. But I know more about my clients than I ever needed to know. By the time the list is compiled, they take photos of the coffee table and wow. it's heartbreaking. But not everyone does that. With furniture, sometimes people just go, you know what, we're going to just divide it between ourselves. Um, and, and I'll tell you what, this is what the court does. You, applicant, you make two lists of, of everything you've got and make them reasonably even because you, the respondent, get to choose one of the lists. So that'll often resolve things. Or you do a like for like, like I'll take the toaster, you take the the jug, I'll take the the microwave um, and you can take the air fryer. I'll take the couch from downstairs. So if you're amicable enough to Mm. divide the furniture up between Mm. yourselves, then you don't need a valuer. No. Or if it's like super expensive stuff, maybe yeah. you do. Oh, you or, do. Like sometimes yeah. you, you say, look, most of our stuff is like early St. Vincent's de Paul or, or but some of these things are late William the Conqueror and, and you know, Edwardian and they need to be valued. So yeah. you might sort of say the rest of the Amart, sorry, Amart, but the rest of you, you know, the less expensive furniture is mm. not neither here nor there. Um, but, yeah. you know, grandma's antique chairs need to be valued. That's Okay, so they you make it you a time, they come respect. to your house, yep. they walk through your house, they look at your stuff, they take photos of your stuff. 
Yep. Do they ask you, hey, where is this? Like, do they come in with a list? Oh, only if the person on the other side's a real <laughs> person. Um, but sometimes the the you would the other person might say, look. I agree with the valuation, but you make sure you get that piano valued. And you go, well, yeah, well, you make sure you get your mountain bike valued. And so they might be specifically on the list that you give the value. Value the contents of the house, but make sure you get the mountain bike, make sure you get the piano. You know. Right. Okay. All right. So they go through your house, they yep. take photos, they leave. They come up with a number. Yep. So what what do they do? Email you guys with yeah. The- Once they're paid, they'll email it to you. And so you might find that whoever's still in the house probably has more. They might have fifteen thousand dollars worth of stuff. Well, up before you get to that, what do they email you? A list with prices against each one and totaled up. So oh, they'll wow. say the thing in that all the things in the applicant's place add up to six thousand five hundred dollars. All the thing in the respondent's place add up to fifteen thousand dollars. And there, if you're going to split the property pool 50-50, for example, then there's a difference there, isn't there, of $8,000. So maybe they have to pay you $4,000 cash to make up for the furniture or they Mm. give you $4,000. Honestly, it's such a faff. It's not worth it really unless it's something really spectacular. Um, But if you go all the way to court trial and you can't agree, you have to have it valued. Yeah. So all that work just to find out, oh, they've got like five grand more than me. Like when you're paying a value of probably what, two grand? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so make sure if you are getting stuff valued, then it's worth getting it valued. Yes. Otherwise, Otherwise agree. it's mm. just doing stuff for the sake of doing stuff. Yeah. Do, do you ever get any clients who do get stuff valued, be shocked at the value of things that they're not as expensive as they oh. thought they were? Yes, and the most common thing they say is, but that's but insurance value is forty five thousand. I go, yes, mm. but this is your second hand shop, you yeah. know. And I always yeah. imagine the guy with his pencil going, "I'll <laughs> give you forty bucks for your table, love." Tell <laughs> him he's dreaming. <laughs> Tell him he's dreaming. Yep. So it's it's um it's a bit of a mugs game that. And okay. most commonly, we say uh, we find that anyone sensible, the parties have already divided the contents of the house house uh, to their mutual satisfaction, and nothing needs to be done about. Can that. I ask a question then? Does that yeah. send like a little red flag to the judge if people don't sort out their furniture before they get to trial? Like, is the does the judge go, oh, well? The judge will be having a very hard look at the clients and then an equally hard look at the lawyers. Okay. <laughs> because someone should have just said, oh, stuff it. Well, you know, yeah. Yeah. give us this and we'll call it quits. All right. So that's the process of value. Um, what if you don't agree with the values? Tough. And there's a good reason. Tough? Well, pretty well tough. Um, okay. If you've had a panel properly given to you or you've provided a panel and they've chosen one, the tacit thing is as a single expert is that you agree, you will agree to agree with whatever they say because they're the experts. Now, sometimes there are valid reasons to, to challenge it, but almost never, almost never. And if there is a, a, a disagreement, there's a whole complicated process that I can't go through here mm. of, of as how you get a supplementary opinion or a, a review of that valuation by someone else that says, oh, I've looked at his valuation, but I wouldn't have done that. I think it's more likely this. But once you put that in the mix, the judge says, well, what, am I supposed to choose one? You know, mm. you, you've really muddied the waters. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and okay. so, yeah. All right. So that's stuff, right? So then yeah. it, the next step is valuing the house. And we have mm-hmm. talked about this a lot in um, selling the house, uh, getting mm-hmm. the valuers. But so again, you you get three valuers, same process? Yep. Choose three. Yep. Or real estate agents if you think you don't need a valuer. Okay. And you don't value the house if you're selling it because the value of the house is what someone is going to pay for it. And so you mm. just wait and see what they pay for it. We do get asked a fair bit if they can have a property settlement before the house is actually sold. What do oh, you say yes. to those people? Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Anything. We can do almost anything. You just do a formula. Mm-hmm. So you might say that the parties agree that the house will be sold and the proceeds of sale after payment of, say, the um, advertising costs, the mortgage and, um, you know, whatever other little debts around, um, the rates um, will be divided between the parties 60-40 in favour of the applicant or, you know, 35-45. The thing with that is that if you're dividing other assets, um, sometimes people want to only divide the real the, the sale proceeds from the house so that one person gets a total of overall of 65% and one gets right. an overall of, of what is it, 35%. But that it, that's a lot of maths. You can mm-hmm. do that um, if, you've, if you think you can work it out and someone works it out specifically for you, but there's a formula. Like maths or an Excel spreadsheet? Well, yes, I've got hives now talking about Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but any formula. So we do do formulas where A is this and B is that and C is that. People do that all the time, so you can mm-hmm. do that. Uh, it, it'd be terrible if you waited until it was sold and then you tie the money up somewhere in trust while you work out the rules. So, yeah, yeah. actually it's probably as often, probably more often, that orders are done before the place is sold. Okay. Yeah, because sometimes people can't agree to get the process started unless there's court orders. So you don't need a valuer if you're selling the house because obviously the value of the house will be what it's sold Mm -hmm. as. But if you are transferring it over, because we did an episode going, I really, really want to keep the house. um, If you're transferring that over, you need to value it. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Uh, So a real estate (laughs) agent or banks? I know we've talked about this trick before. If it's our client... (laughs) If yes. it's guys, if it's you buying the house, um, get a bank at valuation because they're always low. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's getting the house, <laughs> the other person's getting the house, try to get real estate agent valuations because they want to sell the thing. Yeah, but that's just you, you didn't hear it from me, it's just a just, little tactic. It's all, it's all a little trick. Okay, yeah. so 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 you go and choose those people to value it, they mm. value it. Obviously, do they give you a little report? what it's worth? Oh, a fancy report. Most of oh, it's okay. pre-done, I think. Yeah. They yes. print out like it's got spiral binding and a plastic oh, cover. Okay. Yeah, oh, photos around. How much does around. that cost? Does that cost a lot of money? Yes, it can cost, I think, five to, uh, $500 to $1,000. Depends who you get to do it. Um, and it'll have comparable sales in the area and say this house sold for 650 but the house, your house is is a little bit better than that. So I think it's about 660 because it's not as good as the house that sold at 680. All right. So so you've got the house valued, you've got your stuff valued. Mm. What about super? Most super doesn't need to be valued, which is lovely. Okay. It's just whatever the figure is. That's an accumulation account. But if you've got anyone with a defined benefit account um, or um, military super 
uh, invalidity payments. Um, with or, it, defined benefit means that it doesn't show on their bank on their super statement how much they're going to get when they retire because it's a percentage or or worked at in accordance with their final uh, wage just before they retire. And those ones need to be properly valued by a valuer. By who? By who? who well, that? funny you should ask. You know you could find us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. We're there waiting for you right now. If you want to get more out of The Divorce Course, all you have to do is go to The Divorce Course Podcast at Facebook or TikTok or The Divorce Course on Instagram. There we share bite-sized pieces of information and bite-sized inspiration and motivation to help you through this difficult time. Come and join our community and let us know you've joined. We'd love to see you there. By who? By who? who well, that? funny you should ask. There are a couple of companies that can do it. If you type in superannuation valuation in your in a search engine, they'll all come up. Um, there are particular ones for the military supers uh, because that's done um, in a particular formula that the Commonwealth Government has created and they've got their own special rules, uh, but most of the others will just be done. Uh, but people who do military supers will usually do the other defined benefit supers as well. So, so um, yeah, just choose a few values. They can range in value, uh, $600 or more. Uh, There's a couple who do it for quite a lot less, um, but it's important to get those valued. Um, Do you... Do you need to get their choice of a valuer or can you just get anyone to do it and don't need Absolutely. to send them? Absolutely. Either a choice or a buy-in from them. So so what I I do, I have done, is there's like I know three of them. I put both their three names down, phone numbers, um, turnaround time, like how long before you get it back. Um, but I know that if I include this one person, he's so much cheaper. <laughs> Um, you know, they'll usually choose that. Or you can just say, look, I, I know, uh, I, I sometimes as a lawyer just say to the other side, look, how about we use such and such because uh, the fee is a lot less for these parties and okay. they might agree with that. Okay. There's right. less That's- of a chance that you're a mate with the superannuation valuer than there is that you're a mate with a real estate agent. This is <laughs> or, I'm sure there's more of those than than There are definitely more of those. Right, so so if you've just got a normal super though, you can mm. just look at the balance. Yeah, did have a question sent through uh, the podcast recently, and it was the values. Are they at the time of settlement, or are they at the time that they were done? So if you get a value on your stuff and your house and the super, I don't know, and you paid to get it all done, and it was like three months ago, and your your mediation or court is in six months where where, like because houses change I mean the stuff doesn't change I guess unless it's wine it might be worth more over a year but how Mm. does it change like where does the court see the rule for valuation amounts it's important to know this um, and that is that the valuation is at the date of the trial that's the date the court will look at. So at the date of the mediation. Now, if you go to mediation and your valuations are old, um, like say you've got a six-month-old valuation on your household stuff, the desk, mm. the you know, the chest of drawers, whatever, that's not going to change, but you can still go with that. Um, superannuation, uh, the defined benefit fund may not have changed very much, but if it's been six months, might be worth getting an update. You can ask for an update. Um, house prices are up and down all over the place. So um, 
whether um, something six months ago is still valid or nine months ago is a matter between you both and you might say, oh, I think we should get them valued again. Usually if you're wanting to buy the house, you would hope it's gone down. If you don't, if they want to buy it, they're going to get the house, you'd hope it would have gone up, but it is what it is. Um, but it's but it's at the date of trial. And I think what the court decided right at the beginning was that they can't be going back getting valuations as at July 2017 for something um, when, when um, the person whose name was also on the deed, say you've got two people on the property property deed on the t- title record, one person's living in that house and it's three years later and you're trying to work out a property settlement, the court's not going to say, oh, it should be back what it was three years ago because for the past three years you haven't had the benefit of your share in that house. Mm. Um, if you had, if it, if it's, you know, you should because your name's still there. If it's grown, you should include the uh, benefit from that growth, you know. So the courts, it's just a pragmatic thing too, I think, but it's just too hard. So so the values are as of the day of the mediation or as of the day of the trial. Yes. Does that mean you should think about getting the values done closer? Like if, if you feel like mediation is not going to be for a year, do it closer or is it is it going really fast in the court system at the moment? Well, mediation's as fast as you can get a mediator. So I think you'll want those valuations pretty early on. I think your first discussion with your ex, whether it's in writing or through your lawyers, is what values do we agree on? Can we agree that this is that furniture's worth this or we've already divided? Can we agree that the block of land at such and such is this? And then you may not need to value things if you can agree on a price at a current day. But if you're getting closer to trial, you might think we'd better get some valuations. If you've got valuations, they do go stale. Um, you can easily redo your red book because the car's a year older, do your red book checks. But mm. um, you can, you need to have up to date on the day you walk into the court to the point that um, in mediations and in court, um, people are downloading their um, bank statements. So we've got the exact figure for that day, do you know? Yeah. Uh, just for it, the whole of family law sometimes sounds a bit wishy washy and percentages and ish prices, ish this, and you know, it, uh, it's um, you know, 40,000 ish. But when it comes down to uh, a court hearing, uh, the court uh, has a, a fair bit of precision in identity, they call it identifying the property pool. And once that's sorted, everything flows. So, two things. Um, one is it's a good thing to note then if you are waiting for a trial, um, saving up your pennies to mm. have a great holiday means that the money you save waiting for the trial will be included in the property settlement. Yes, my dear. Yes. So don't don't save up. Don't be saving too much money in that time. Use your money as you need it. Don't yes. be scrimping and saving because you're just going to have to share it anyway. Is yes. that basically the That's truth? That's right. Yeah, yeah. because I have had some um, listeners who have said, I've been saving all my pennies, I'm going to go on a, a big holiday after this divorce, but then they, they'll have to show that bank account and that will be included and they'll probably have to give half. So that's just a little reminder to anyone out there who might not have thought of that. The other one is um, shares, Mum. We didn't discuss shares. Oh, so yes. So the shares are the same? You don't They're really need easy. a valuer for They're that. They're easy. Well, I don't ever put in um, a document 
like for mediation or whatever, I just put how many shares there are and then you can easily look them up on the Australian Stock Exchange, ASX, and find out what today's value is and then right. it's per share and then it's a simple multiplication and you can come up with a precise figure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, what if they don't agree to pay the valuer? So, so you've done that, you got the valuation, they've given you the bill and your ex is like, uh, you know what, I'm not going to pay it. Screw you. What, what, what happens then? Is there any solution? Well, if you, if you want to use the valuation, you'll have to pay the valuer because they won't usually release it until they're paid. <clears throat> However, you can ask for that to be reimbursed, particularly it, you will have got their buy-in in writing that they were going to go 50-50, so you'll ask for that at trial or in your final property settlement or you might let it go, but it might be something, you know, I make this offer and I won't come after you for half the cost of the valuations even though you promised. You okay, so you person. can use it as a negotiation yeah. tool in the end. Jeez, kebabas. All right. So I know we haven't talked about business valuations, but I think I'm going to leave that, Mum, because yes. we've done that episode on um, business and divorce. Yes. So okay. I will put that in the show notes for people to listen to a lot where we to go say. in depth into that because we do talk about how they can mm. skew the valuations because like you always say, Mum, you've never cross, come across anyone who's said, oh, my business has increased significantly since separation <laughs> and it's worth so much more than it was when we were together. That doesn't really happen, does it? No, they seem to always flounder and be on the verge of bankruptcy. Um, And sometimes I think maybe uh, the person who runs the business is distressed and depressed and can't run it well. Sometimes I don't think that's why it's not doing well. (laughs) So if you want an in-depth episode on that, go and listen to uh, Business and Divorce. I'll put the link in the show notes. But all Um, of it's general advice. If you've got businesses, you really need to go and see a lawyer. But just be a bit wary if they say words like forensic accountant because that is a lot of money. Okay. All right. Well, uh, people do ask that. They go, should I get a forensic accountant? Yes. So do you want want to know what one is? Yes, sure. Yeah, so it's an accountant who trawls through the books and looks for anomalies. Um, Oh, suddenly he's spending this much on on, uh, overseas holidays or suddenly he's claiming these deductions for conferences and they'll check to make sure there really were conferences and stuff like that. So that's like they're they're as um, keen on getting into the business as an auditor is, I guess. Okay. Uh, but gee, it's an expensive thing. If if your suspicion is there's twenty thousand cash hidden somewhere, it might not be worth it. If you're high conflict, or you're high conflict, hopefully you're not high conflict. Not our if your ex is high conflict yeah. and you're going through this valuation process, mm. I guess it's a positive in a way to get an independent person to value everything. Too right. Are there any uh, pitfalls people should be watching out for? Um, I, I don't think people should agree to a percentage split before they know the figures. So sometimes people, so sometimes people go, we'll go 50 50, but we'll find out what the value is, say the prices were. Just leave that away for a while. That's one pitfall. Um, otherwise, just make sure you do get their buy in at the beginning so they can't chicken out of this valuation that you're getting. Um, and it's not wasted money. You know, and if they won't agree, you may have to go to court and ask the court to appoint an expert witness who will do the valuations. I was about to ask that. What if Mm. you're going to mediation and they won't agree to get a value? 
can you just go and get it done anyway? Can you get the house well, valued without the yeah. commission? And I guess that's the best evidence that anyone will have to deal with. If there isn't a joint figure in the absence of anything else, if you've got at least one valuer's opinion, even if it's not agreed to, and as long as it's not your Auntie Joan or someone that, you know, is in the business, as long as it's independent and even if you've had to get it by yourself, it's better than nothing. And if if your ex hasn't got anything to produce, well, that becomes the value for the purposes of the mediation at least. Okay, so if someone is listening today, they've got mediation coming up, their ex has been a pain in the bum and won't agree to getting anything valued, go and do your own valuations, general mm. advice only, and then turn up to the mediation with at least your understanding of what the property is Yes, worth. yes. Okay. Yeah, otherwise course, it's a waste of time. Hmm? Of course, yeah, get your own legal advice, yeah. of course. Um, okay, so that's high conflict. What about manipulative and controlling? What what things do we need to watch out for? Do they argue the valuation prices? They hide they things. Hide stuff. How do you stop that? From oh, I don't know. Everything you've got so much more valuable than anything they've got. And uh, right. you'll have heard my story about the coffee tables, two identical coffee tables. And uh, the um, the person alleged, uh, said that the one in their possession was only worth $20, but the one in their ex's possession was worth $100. So there's that yeah. skewing. And and as they'll go through again with the valuations, but these valuers, particularly furniture valuers and house valuers, they're quite aware that you're, you're a manipulative and controlling person is going to try and ma- manipulate and control them. Oh, look at these cracks. Have you noticed this? We'll probably have to get that replaced. <laughs> right. So so the valuers are aware of some some of those kind of tricks. Yeah. What if, what if the valuer turns up and goes, oh, I'd like to see, I don't know, the piano? And they go, what piano? I yeah. don't have a piano. Yeah. What, what do valuers do then? Well, they just write, ask to see the piano. And there's, I was told there's no piano here. And then you need to produce photos of the piano and proof of the piano. And and then you can have a wild guess at the value or um, uh, get someone to say, oh, well, if that, that piano is worth about this much, and then when you do your table, put it in at that value. Um, right. and, and then, you know, let them explain why there isn't one. Yeah, there's a bit of that goes on. So there's a bit of game playing that happens. Yeah, at every um, every turn with a manipulative and controlling person, they'll just try to get every point. But it's no worse than they did during a relationship. And you're used to it. Just keep going. Would it? Does it help? Like with the mediator, where you say, "Hey, there, these are my trigger points." <laughs> when it comes to the valuer, do you say, "Hey, I think they're going to try and hide these things," or do you just let the valuer do their job? You, you'd let the valuer do their job. Normally instructions to valuers are in writing and right. so you'd be very reluctant to say, my ex is going to hide these things. But just <laughs> say, could you pay particular attention to the to the valuation of the piano or could you p- value particularly as well as the rest of the things, could you value the piano in the downstairs room, this, my cello, my whatever, first edition, this, you know, just list it. And okay. then um, you've identified it, flagged it, uh, and maybe even attach a photo of it. And if it's not there, they'll just say it's not there. Okay. What about amicable? Is there anything you need to worry about with a valuer? No, you might not need a valuer if it's amicable. Okay. You should be able to sort your stuff out, shouldn't yeah. you? 
And, yeah. and uh, you know, if it's amicable you sh- with the house, you should be able to um, send a few real estate agent things or look on one of the online realestate.com, look at the recently sold properties and say, I reckon the place is worth about, what, seven fifty. What do you think? And they'll mm. go, oh, yeah, seven fifty to seven seventy. All right, let's make it seven sixty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lastly, mum, avoidant. Mm. So valuers and avoidant people. How does Poor that valuers. <laughs> Poor old valuers. <laughs> um, so people will, like, if the person's got to come and value the house, the avoidant might not be home. Manipulative and controlling person might not be home either. Oh, that's not convenient. Sometimes you have to have a, a curbside valuation because they can't get in to the house. But just sort of plough on regardless. And it's mm-hmm. their own fault if the valuation's higher than it would otherwise have been if they didn't let a valuer in to see it. And you say the valuer, these are photos I've had from when I was there. Um, that's the condition of the house. You know, they can get floor plans off the council websites. Okay. Um, yep. And then again, same with the stuff in, around the house. You can yep. send photos and say, this is what was, this yep. is. Remember, we, we always tell our listeners to video before they leave. Yeah. If you can, if you can do it safely and you can turn those into screenshots and stills and have a comprehensive list of what's what. Hmm. I did hear um, the mil- when the military move people, um, one of my friends just moved uh, and she's dating a military guy, um, they take an itemised list of absolutely everything oh, in the I house. I love it. Every single little thing that goes into a box is yes. itemised. Um, so if you're in the military or if you're dating a military person or married to or whatever, that, that may be helpful as well. It's as a dream for me. It's a yeah. dream for me. It's so precise and so detailed, you know, and it'll be like things like one uh, lamp, broken leg, you know, on your, <laughs> or, you know, Great. two bowls chipped. <laughs> so, but, you know, who needs to get down into that sort of detail when no. you're doing a split up? But it's kind of no. there and it just solves a lot of problems, you know. That's true. And if they're Sometimes avoiding. people allege they... the other person has hundreds of thousands worth of stuff, really, when they don't, mm. you know. Mm. Right. Well, Mum, I think that's going, we're going to leave the valuation there. Um, okay. My, I, I, I'm wishing anybody the best of luck if they're going through this process right now. It could definitely sounds expensive and stressful. I know someone said that they were really upset uh, and nervous about someone coming to their house. Yes. Um, oh, yes, Mum. One more thing that you want to pop in about values. Jewelry valuations. I'm sorry yes. to say, but the best way to get a valuation of that seems to be to go to cash converters for a rough idea of what they'd give you for it. Um, but if you're having all the other stuff valued as well, um, you can use one of those firms. And there are specialist jewellery valuers, but I think we all know that those valuations you get when you get a piece of jewellery don't really reflect in actual dollars. Not what you're going to get from cash converters. No, it's converters. not. It, it really <laughs> is more your cash converters sort of thing, yeah, your second-hand dealer furniture. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Facebook Marketplace second-hand dealers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, anyone who's going through it, we wish you the best of luck. Yeah. Um, if you are interested, go and look at those other episodes where we talk about the business value, uh, uh, your business mm. in divorce, but also some of the property um, mod- uh, episodes we've done. And of course, if you're doing our course, you can go to the property module and go and do all of that there. So thank you, mum, for all your info and yeah. 
have a wonderful day, everybody. See you later, Laura. Bye, everyone. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.